Welcome to 8 with 8, a podcast from Ohio State Support Team 8, where we share what's on our minds and what's in the research from the field of education. We are continuing to capture the ups, downs, ins, and outs of co-teaching, and we're back today with two co-teaching teams from Wadsworth High School, who are living the co-teaching dream, as our co-host Tracy Mail says, to support math and science. This week's episode really highlights the alchemy of co-teaching. You know, personality dynamics, curriculum, student needs, and educator skills, and even preferences all have to come together to make something that really is almost magical. And despite how challenging that sounds to come together, one of the co-teaching pairs from Wadsworth has been a team for over 40 years. How is that even possible? Take a listen and find out. Hello, everybody. Um, I just wanted you to start off by introducing yourself and letting us know how long you've been working as a team. And this is a three-part question, uh, what each one of your roles is and what brought your teams together. Hi, I'm Matt Saunders. I am an intervention specialist here at Wadsworth High School. Um, I believe this is our seventh year, seventh year working together. um, And we kind of just inherited this team because I was new to the district and working in collaboration with our special education department. They knew that I was going to go into the geometry class with Mike. So we've been working together for seven years and um, three to four co-teach classes a year, pretty much. Um, This year is a little, little different. We have three geometry and one algebra two. Typically here at Wadsworth, we're by grade level. And because of some of the numbers, we had to move some of the intervention specialists around this year. Hi, I'm Mike Schmelzer. Um, Obviously I work with Matt. Um, I've been here at Wadsworth for 23 years now, teaching uh, primarily geometry and algebra two, mixing some other classes in between. Um, But yeah, like Matt said, you know, we were, basically brought together seven years ago and, um, you know, so far so good. It's been a great fit and I'm sure we'll talk more about that as, as we go here. I'm John Yagi and, uh, I've been here 22 years and our, our situation is a little different because we were brought together a little over 40 years ago. We've been working as a team for a little over 40 years and that's, uh, that's not a lie because we're siblings. We have the same parents. So I guess that's how we uh, first started together. Now working here at WHS with social studies. So I'm a social studies guy and Abby, my sister, she helps out not just with social studies. Sometimes she teaches her own classes. Sometimes she helps out with math. Um, But we've been working together for, I'm guessing about 10 years. And some of the other people that were working with social studies, they, they either retired or went on to a different position or a different district or whatever. So it's probably been about 10 years. That sounds about right. Uh, yeah, something like that. I um, I kind of float around to wherever they need help. So um, we were away from each other for a few years. Now you were reunited. And um, I always say, if you can co-teach with your older brother, you can co-teach with anyone. So, um, you know, I think that that has a lot to do with the fun that we have in class and our professional part. And, uh, you know, we're trying to not talk about what we're bringing on Thursday, you know, too much, but it comes up and the kids really like it. So this is my 
I think my 19th year at Wadsworth and I for uh, someone else asked me and I've had a diff I've been with like 13 different regular ed teachers over the years so um, you know that might be something to bring up later just being able to adapt and work with, with whoever I'm assigned to. That's awesome and it seems like you all are living the co-teaching dream that everyone is like oh if if our team is working don't mess with it just let's stay together so you guys have longevity that's awesome um so as if you can think back to when you first uh started working as a team how did you decide who does what who has your roles and responsibilities within the classroom, how do you divide your workload? And has that evolved over time since you have been together quite a quite a while? Yeah, um, it definitely has evolved, no, no doubt about it. But I think when we were first put together, you know, co-teaching with different people, um, because I'm doing it here with Mike only, but my previous districts, I was kind of the same way with Abby. I was like three to four different people and co-top classrooms look different in each of those classrooms. So when I first got here with Mike, you know, and it was a lot of meetings trying to strategize how we were gonna divide things. And then, you know, you get that plan in your mind and then you see the dynamics of your classroom. So you can throw that plan right out the door, to be honest with you. Until you get the personality of your classroom, I, I feel it's kind of hard to figure out the plan because it's not going to go as planned. So I think after we work together for a while, we kind of see you know each other's strengths and you play off that. And then as the years of the experience go on, now it's just kind of like a natural flow because like if, for example, we'll have a plan but he'll he'll go to take attendance and i'll start the review um he doesn't ask me to do that i just do that and then he'll go into a homework you know to go over the the homework and then i might go over a couple questions but it's not really talked about at this point as much as it was early on yeah i, I mean i would say that early on we were kind of feeling each other out a little bit um you know having someone new come in um, that's going to spend that much time with you in your classroom. The nice thing is, is we've got a lot of similar interests outside of um, school yeah. as well. We're both coaches and, um, you know, we, we have a lot of those same interests. And I think that's important with the co-teaching situation. Like, uh, you know, we get along really, really well. And, um, you know, it's, it's just been a good fit. And like he said, there are days where something will come up and he'll either take it or I'll, you know, maybe I'll go uh, work with some of his students where he would normally pull them out of the classroom. Um, and, and we'll kind of mix that up every now and then just to, to give them a different look. And, um, you know, it, it's just been, it has definitely evolved and it's just a very comfortable situation at this point for both of us, I think. So, um, I think the way we divide things up, and it just kind of happens naturally, probably because we know each other so well. Uh, we know what our strengths are. We know what our, our weaknesses are, if you want to call it that. But I think we both try to do things in our co-teaching setting that uh, we, we try to work to each other's strengths. Uh, certain things she's better at, certain things I'm better at. 
and uh, certain things she's just better suited than I and vice versa. But I think we mostly do things that are appropriate for our skill set, what we're comfortable with. And it just kind of works. We don't do a ton of planning, again, because we know each other so well. We get along. We get along outside of work, too, which is which is really nice. But um, it's just really we play to each other's strengths. That's at least my perspective. Right. And and I think, too, um, the interesting thing is that, you know, we do get along and we're siblings. And actually, we're we have a lot of differences and just, you know, kind of how we do our day to day classroom. So um, I think that he's been um, really flexible about just letting me jump in. And at the same time, um, he's really regimented. So I try not to just you know, yell, yell things out. And so it's, it's knowing who you're working with and what their level of comfort is. And, um, you know, I just figure the more I can do with any student or um, students that may not necessarily, uh, you know, be on an IEP, the more that my students can see that, um, the more I'm utilized by the regular ed students, it helps my students. So he lets that happen. So I do a lot of things. The kids come to me for like makeup work and different things, or they miss the notes because they know I'm taking notes. So it's just kind of uh, turned into uh, the routine. And he, we, we double check a couple of things, but most sometimes he'll just ask me to do something. And I just do it. It wasn't in the plans or, you know, so it works out really well. Thank you. You know, you really spoke to about, you know, your talents and how you use those talents to kind of do the work that's so important when you're in the co-teaching classroom. And like, as you all know, having been in the co-taught classroom, that co-teaching allows for differentiation and personalized instruction. And now how do you ensure as teams that diverse students' needs are met within that co-taught classroom that you are um, leading? And are there specific strategies or practices you found to be effective? And Yes, there is. Um, but again, I, I think it it's based on the dynamic of a classroom and, and because I'm with Mike three periods a day. So if you walked in first period, those strategies are completely different from my six period group. I don't know if it's time of day or if I don't know if it's the students in that classroom. First period, generally, you know, Mike will present a lesson and then I am there to supplement um, with my notes if that's the way the, the class was organized that day. And then my students, if we give some um, downtime for them to work on some uh, of their problems for homework, they stay put. And they have no problem with me going around the classroom helping. And it's it kind of doubling back what Abby said, I'm helping all students. Like at this point of the year, we're halfway, we're almost halfway through the year. There isn't a kid in there that has a problem asking either one of us a question for support. But period six, when the lesson is done and they're ready to start on their work, they're ready for pullout um, because they're going to need some, I think, reteaching re and directing um, and to kind of keep them on task where early on in the day, our students are able to kind of like focus and kind of get some stuff done. My six period group, like Mike can be done teaching and they're packing their stuff up. They're ready to roll. They're, they want to get their work done. And I would pull them out, reteach the lesson, make sure they're supported as far as getting their work done before they leave that day. 
Yeah, and I, I would say, you know, it it varies sometimes too from um, topic to topic. There will yeah. be times where um, some of my students may need some extra support. And that's what's great about Matt is he'll take, it doesn't matter what accommodations you're receiving. Like we try to give all the kids the same support no matter what. Um, so there's always options available for that. So there might be a different group that goes five days a week, um, depending on what, what we're currently teaching. And, um, you know, one unique situation we have here at Wadsworth is that um, all the students have an academic lab at fifth period. So um, I feel like my role in government class is um, I really try, I take notes with the kids. I'm, I'm like really modeling what they should be doing, even though, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be an attentive listener and I nod my head at Mr. Yagi and, um, you know, I might be part of the lesson, but we are able to use that time in academic lab to go over some of the concepts again. It's, it's very different in government. A lot of it's very abstract. So just going over, making sure they have the notes. Um, I like to have, make sure they, yeah, he might give an example in class, like a real world example. I want to make sure they have that. So my time, I do a lot behind the scenes that, um, you know, our schedule allows for. Um, so that's something just, I know a lot of schools don't have anything like that, but that that's really neat. And, um, Again, he kind of just lets me handle, you know, some of the makeup work or different things and lets me have give any student uh, tests in my lab. And I'm always welcoming to do that for him. But uh, I, no, I just think she's around for uh, just whatever comes up. And not that I'm not trying to, to help out with that, too. But I think with, with what I'm trying to do as the main presenter, you know, it, it's it's easier for her to just take care of whatever comes up. We have. Uh, kids that are foreign exchange students and are in our class that we co-teach. Uh, you know, we have kids with all kinds of different needs and all of the kids are, are, are her kids too. And so really it's just whatever comes up, there's nothing too structured about what, what I have to do other than maybe the obvious, you know, the main presenter, just whatever comes up and we just kind of go with it. And it's nice to have that flexibility. And for me, it gives me like, it's a comfort zone. Uh, you know, if you could have this situation in every class, how, how great would that be? And, you know, it's really not feasible, uh, just the dollars and cents of it, but it's just nice knowing there's another adult in there that can handle some of the diverse needs that all of the kids uh, may bring at any period. Those are excellent answers. And I love how your answers really fit the content that, um, that you were talking about. Um, so you all just reflected on the diversity in your classrooms from students with disabilities to students who are not English um, English speakers as a, as a first language. Um, and the big thing that we got from that was that you're meeting the needs of all your students. And um, I loved what you said about whatever comes up, we just go with it. So now we'd like you to reflect a little bit on um, if something or when something, I'm sure because you've been together so long, uh, came up as a challenge beyond we have diversity in our classroom, but either was a challenge um, among 
you all as uh, two separate teams or a very particular challenge um, meeting the needs of a student? How did you navigate that? Um, just open communication. Um, again, like I, I think it changes yearly. Um, I think diversity grows and I think diversity is growing within this district. And um, you can speak on different levels of that diversity, but like if something presents itself, you know, we're not in a hurry to make a rash decision, right? We're going to run it through both of us. We're going to try to come up with an idea that kind of, you know, works best for the student, fits the needs of that individual student. And that's, you know, if, if it's something too drastic, obviously we would lean on the admin support if needed. Like we would come up with a decision, run it through our admin and see where it goes with that. But typically here, they allow us to kind of handle our own stuff. Um, and I think we've been pretty successful over the seven years when these situations arise, as long as we communicate with one another we usually come to an answer that kind of fits the need. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we're probably on the phone multiple times every day when we're not in the same period together, yeah. um, just communicating about, you know, some accommodations we're gonna make on this test, or do we need to extend some time on this one, or how are we gonna, how are we going to do this? Um, you know, it, the communication is a huge part. Um, this year we have two ELL, um students and I, i'm not sure what i would do without him around for this because we are making every assignment is different um and he might be taking them over where i'm teaching one topic and we have to take it down multiple levels to you know just get them something that is is useful in their everyday life and and so if we weren't able to communicate you know, that kind of thing, I, I'm not sure what I would be doing um, in that situation. So the communication is huge for sure. So they mentioned communication and, uh, you know, if you're not comfortable with somebody that you're co-teaching with and you're, you're afraid to ask them to do things or what do you think I need to be doing? Uh, so if you're not comfortable communicating, I agree like that communication is so important and really it makes you proactive. So you're not facing a lot of big challenges. Things are going to come up. In fact, I can't think of one particular instance right off the top of my head, but I think you've got to have, um, you've got to have the comfortability and you have to be willing to communicate. And it's hard, you know, if you don't really have rapport with that person, or if you're kind of wondering, you know, like what's their take on this or that. It's going to make it harder. So I think that would be a huge challenge if we did not have um, our level of trust and rapport. You got to really trust each other. Right. And and one thing that's again, I don't want to. I don't like to say too much nice stuff here about my brother, but uh, you know, I'm just giving an example. Like it wasn't related to anything really in the classroom, but um, I called him last week because I was I was a little frustrated how something was handled and. I knew by calling him, he was just going to be like, hey, this is this isn't your decision. You know, it was someone else made the decision. You got to be big picture here. Just let it go. And um, I think that we're really good at that. Like we can kind of I wouldn't say we're you know, we're 
if something's bothering him, it usually doesn't bother me. So we're a really good balance that way. It just kind of works out. But again, that it didn't have anything to really do with class. That was just my own like, hey man, help me, help me figure this out right here and get through the rest of my day. So I think that you know I'm not afraid to say that. And sometimes we just, as uh, I mean, it's nice to have someone to bounce an idea off of and be like, okay, okay, I'm just gonna take a deep breath and go on with the rest of my day. So that was that was kind of helpful last week. Thank you. (laughs) That's excellent. And one of the um, eight components of co-teaching is interpersonal communication. And you guys did a perfect job of really explaining what that's all about from communicating within the classroom to on a personal level, really being able to trust each other. So that's excellent. We've talked a lot about your classrooms. We know that that's not, you guys aren't doing co-teaching in a bubble in your classroom, that the system supports you in lots of ways. So to support your success as co-teachers, what would you say um, your administrators have done to help you make things happen as co-teaching partners and um, what might be beneficial for you to move forward successfully in the years to come? Um, Well, if I can, this is Abby. One thing I just want to say is that we have a a colleague that went to another uh, district just this year. And uh, what I, reflecting on, you know, being here at Wadsworth, and I think all of us can agree, like, it's a great place to work. None of us want to be anywhere else, but, um, you know, I will say our administrative team uh, kind of lets us handle things and just, you know, they don't really question too many things. If I'm out in the hallway, I'm, maybe I'm walking a student to take a sensory break, or maybe I'm walking a student down to the clinic because they're not feeling well. I mean, no one ever really um, questions us. I think they do have a lot of, of faith in, in, you know, not just the four of us here, but in everyone. So. I think that that makes a big difference. I don't have to be, you know, worried that they're watching me or questioning things I do. And, um, you know, sometimes you just show up down in their office with a kid and they're ready to to handle that too. So um, I really appreciate that, that, you know, they know that if they um, have a student that was in Mr. Yagi's class and I'm down there, you know, they know that he's gone through the steps and, you know, tried to handle them himself so um you know they know if a student gets down here for a discipline pro it's pretty serious um so they have uh man's good faith you know both ways so th- this is john again uh, i think the biggest thing that our admin does that makes this work is scheduling so they're very open to scheduling that makes sense and they want to keep people together who work well together so um, they're not rigid in, in their scheduling and they're doing what's best, not, not just for us, but really it's, it's what's best for kids. So that's to me, that's where it all starts. They recognize that Matt and Mike work well together and they wanna keep that role. And they recognize that Abby and I work well together. So they're gonna do whatever they can when the scheduling's done in the spring to allow for all this to happen. And uh, they go way out of their way and a lot, I know a lot of our scheduling starts with with special ed, and it should. 
And that's what really drives this. And uh, if, it, if we don't have that and we're, we're having somebody different every semester because government's a semester class or just every year, it's hard to get that, that camaraderie. It's hard to get that trust. It's hard to get into a rhythm because you got to do this for a few years. And they said that earlier, the guys did to really get this going. So I, I just think scheduling. Yeah, this is my I would agree with everything John said. I mean, he he summed it up perfectly. They they let us do um, what we're supposed to do and and they'll support us in any way we need it. Um, but, you know, we just we go in there and we do our job every day and um, they're just there as additional support. Yeah, this this is Matt. And uh, I think the other thing that they do provide us is, you know, on PD days, they give us time to meet as a group. Um, or, and then on Thursdays, first Thursday of every month, we have a late start, which I'm with Abby early in the morning because our special ed, she is, you know, our department head. So she kind of gives us a rundown of what's going on based on our department and the overall, the, the, uh, things going on in the school. And then if I need that additional time, we have time to meet, to kind of plan. And again, this isn't like formal, a formal meeting process. It's him and I shooting ideas back just to make sure we have everything planned out through the week or even that day. Thank you for sharing that. You really provided some great perspective as to what you need as a team from the administrator in your building or administrators in your building, whether it be scheduling, which we discussed that when we talk about co-teaching and our PDs here at SSTA, about how important it is to really look at the schedule and how it is beneficial for the co-teaching model. I'm really happy that you shared that with us. Um, and I know that there's also those other supports like you were talking about, if there were some behavioral supports that you needed as well. And, um, you know, with that, you know, you've really painted a nice picture for our listeners about, you know, your collaboration, um, how you approach things when it comes to instruction. But if you could give our listeners an idea, a little bit about like the environment of your classroom, if they were to be students in your classroom, because we talk about the eight components, at least Trace and I often talk about the eight components of co-teaching. And part of that are two, two other pieces where it's the, you know, the classroom management piece and, and the environment, which could be the physical arrangement, but just the environment. And I call the feeling and the tone of the classroom. Could you give our listeners, because we always say two teachers are better than one, give us an idea of what the environment and the um, culture of your classroom is like if we were students and if our listeners were students in your co-taught classrooms. This is John. Um, so... If you uh, were to walk into our classroom the first couple of weeks, you'd be like, oh, wow, this is like super structured. How are these kids ever going to have fun in the midst of learning? But what you realize is, is all of that structure allows for kids to feel safe and comfortable. And then down the road, we have our fun in the midst of learning. So um, I think uh, some of that structure as our semester goes on, it lightens up, uh, you know, uh, but the kids are working. We're, we're utilizing all, what is it, 44 minutes we have now per period. I think so, 44 minutes, something like that. Um, we're, we're utilizing as much of those 44 minutes as we can because I think when I started here a little over 20 years ago, it was 52 minutes. So you really got to make the best use of your time. But it's always uh, the kids kind of, they kind of wonder about what we're doing the first couple of weeks because it is so structured. 
it's very uh, the first couple of days we, we got to get our routines down, but that's so the kids can feel comfortable. They know what's coming at them most days, even though we, we mix it up the best we can. There are just certain things that don't don't really change from day to day. But that's also so the kids can uh, feel comfortable and they can have fun down the road and we can maximize learning. I don't know if, if what your take would be on all that. I'm actually interested to hear. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like my my day is very different. So um, the other teacher that I co-teach with is it's a math class, and his his class is all group work. And uh, John's is very much. I mean, we're, we're incorporating some group work, but for the most part, it is you know uh, very structured, and the kids know what they like, so or know what to expect. So. You know, I, I myself, I think this is important to tell intervention specialists. I really change my role from period to period based on who I'm with. And that's nothing against either of the, the teachers I'm with. It's just as kids adapt to teachers, so do I. So I always tell them, Mr. Yagi likes it this way. Maybe, you know, um, Mr. Lynn likes it this way. You know, it just depends on who you're with it. And I do the same thing throughout my day. So I think that's really important to tell intervention specialists, um, you know, I'm adapting too. But I, for me, um, like in John's classroom, again, at the beginning, I'm really trying to model and show them what this should be like. But um, the students just, you know, they don't think they like structure, but they really love structure, you know. So it's... Uh, you know, he's, it's a semester class as well. So I feel like we have the end of course test at the end of that semester. So we can kind of use that as a reason, like, hey, we've got to get through this material. You're going to be tested on this the beginning of December. So um, that gets a little bit of buy-in and then they end up loving it. And, um, you know, the students will come back and say like, you know, Mr. Mr. Yagi, like, thank you for not letting us ever have our phones out. You know, like they, they understand and no, no one likes that role at first. They, they, they grumble a lot about them at the beginning of the year. And, um, you know, I'm also in there too. And I say, Hey, I don't have my phone out. He doesn't have his phone out. You know, we're dedicating that time to them. So, um, you know, I, that works out really well. And even for some of my students that, you know, some students really like structure, you know, they might, you know, have some type of uh, disability related that way, but really every student ends up knowing what to expect. They know where to look, um, they get in a routine and uh, it works out really well and um, successful all the way through. Yeah, so as far as, this is Mike again, um, geometry goes, you know, obviously it is probably not the most well-liked class among students um, in high school. Um, so I, I'm big on routine and I'm big on organization with that, with all the theorems and the proofs and everything that we have to do. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of establish a routine at the beginning of the year and that routine does not change a lot. Um, you know, for example, they'll come in, we'll do a warm up um, based on what we covered the day before or the week leading up to that, whatever, whatever it might be, um, which sometimes he will take and sometimes I will take and whoever's not teaching or going over the warm up is walking around and helping um, students kind of start those things. Um, and, and then usually, you know, I, I will take the main instruction, I'll teach the lesson, um, but we do, we provide them 
note packets. We, we started doing that this year. Um, so they, they have a blank packet. I've just kind of outlined it by sections, things like that, um, just to keep them organized so that they can reference those notes pretty quickly. Um, but while I am teaching that, uh, Matt is taking those same notes. So he's able to provide for all students that are absent that day. That's how we get them caught up, which which is a huge help because then I don't have to post them online all the time or, you know, they have quick access to that. Um, he And he'll give copies to his students that require that as one of their accommodations. And then usually when we're done teaching and, and we've gone through the examples, that's when we'll split up and um, the students that need more individualized instruction will get that and and I will help um, the the students that are that are comfortable with those topics already it, it's just a good fit it it, it flows um, and seems to work um, hopefully we'll see what the test scores this year who knows but um, yeah it, it's kind of a different scenario geometry I just feel like you you got to be on a routine or you can lose them quickly this is Matt. I think when the students walk in at the beginning of the year, when you say the word geometry, it, it just turns them off right from the beginning. But I think, you know, us being consistent and um, another word I will throw around is it kind of like John and Abby, we have fun together, right? We know each other pretty well. We have no problems joking with each other in the middle of a lecture or, you know, just to show the kids that, hey, listen, we're going to try to make this as much fun as we can. And you'll you'll be supported throughout this process. You know, I think that's one of the things we open up with is like, hey, listen, if you buckle down, you give us your all, we will support you through this. We will make sure we get you through this class. Um, you know, with that 10th grade year, because that's the, the majority of our students in geometry, that's how we do it here. I feel 10th grade year is their toughest year academically. You know, you think about some of the courses they have, bio, um, geometry, and English language arts too, and American history, but all those are subjects that they're tested in. And so there's a lot of pressure with it. So I think it's important to know that, you know, you're going to do what's best by the kids and you're going to do it having fun. Because um, at the end of the day, you know, you get that same question. When am I going to use this in my life? You know, so you got to be quick and witty with that to come come up with something. Hey, yeah, you need this to go on. You need this for your next class, you know, so. Um, you keep it light, keep it consistent, and make sure they know they're supported. That's awesome. And all of you talked about routine and the benefit of routine, and that's actually really a research-based strategy because it adds that predictability and students don't have to come in thinking, what am I getting into today? They are feeling safe, and then at that point, they know what to expect and they can they can go on. You guys talk about having fun together also. Um, so what of your co-teaching experiences or your routines as a team brings you joy? Why do you want to come in every day and say, you know what, I'm a co-teacher and it's all good. So tell, tell us about that. 
I, I mean, I guess from my perspective, just knowing, you know, I've got somebody in there that's got my back, right? If, if something is not going well, I know that he, you know, might have something that will help. It's just, I don't know. It's having trust in him and knowing that he's there is just a very comfortable feeling, um, especially when you have the number of students that we do that are receiving accommodations you know it used to be we, we didn't have this that uh, you were in there solo trying to make sure all these were were being done and it's just it's nice to know that i can trust him and i enjoy working with him every day this is matt yeah i agree with that obviously you know you've been doing it for seven years um and yeah i feel supported um, even with my ideas, uh, if I had to say, hey, I don't think it's working for this student, I think we need to kind of veer off and go in a different direction. You know, we're comfortable of having that dialogue with each other. I have no problem telling him, hey, I think we should go this route today with these kids. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an easy conversation to have not saying that we always agree. Like, we're, you know, you got to meet a com maybe a, a common area, but we are able to have those conversations and listen, when you think you have it figured out, you walk in that day and a curveball's thrown at you. It's better. Two is better than one. No doubt. You're able to put your head together and, and kind of come up with a solution. Well, I do think that, um, like I said, we were, I wasn't with John the last couple of years, but I went on the first day of school and I said, Oh my gosh, I forgot how much fun this is because we really, um, you know, do have fun again. No one's ever going to really co-teach with their sister. It's a pretty unique situation, but um, you know, I I think that it's the kids really love this because um, you know he's maybe a little more uh, serious in the classroom, and I'm a little more of like the pal around with them. So he'll like um, step out to use the restroom, and I'm like, hurry up, you know. You can ask me anything about Mr. Yogi. Like, what do you want to know? You know, so um, they like, we just have a fun time with that. And then, you know, he kind of comes in and he's like, what did she tell you? What are you guys doing? And um, so it's kind of, it's, it's part of it's a little routine, but uh, for the kids to, to pay attention and see what's going on, but it is pretty fun. And, um, you know, sometimes <clears throat> I think he likes to throw me a curveball. He's like, well, Mrs. Elliott's going to do the amendment review right now for you guys. So, um, you know, I'm like, okay, well, he didn't tell me that, but I, I can't say that out, to, out loud to the students, but I'm thinking like, well, thanks, man. Um, but it's also too, like even that day, I, I didn't know I was going to do amendment review, but I did it this, you know, kind of non-traditional way that he hadn't done before. And even when I was done doing that, he was like, all right, Mrs. Elliott, that was a different way to do it. But, you know, you got all 27 amendments done. So that was kind of funny for me. And I don't know. Well, I think Mike said it perfectly. This is John again. Um, you know somebody has your back. So you always kind of wonder in your in your work environment, you know, does anybody have my back here? Am I doing this alone? But when you know somebody has your back and it's a trusted adult, somebody that you respect as an educator, it makes a huge difference. Because then you, you do take their feedback and you do take their ideas and it makes everything that much better. But just... Again, I, I think I've said trust a few different times already, but when you trust the other person and you know if if you have to, to, to be absent 
or you got to go to a meeting, like things are taken care of. And you don't always know that, you know, nothing against subs. I think a lot of subs do a great job, but you don't always know that. And to just be able to have that comfort level at your workplace is really important. Thank you for sharing all that insight. And, and, you know, we have two teams here that have had both longstanding relationships and some much longer when you've been brother and sister for 40 some years. I'm not trying to date how many years you've been, how old you are, but it might be less. However, <laughs> yeah. no, he said 40. He did say 40, but I'm like, you trying to say that? But yes, I mean, there's there's long-standing relationships, yes, because you're siblings, but we also have another team as well um, that have been working together for quite some time. And so, you know, we have a lot of um listeners that um come to uh listen to this podcast specifically. We're hoping our audience will be people that are exploring co-teaching or just starting co-teaching. And we have two established teams here. Um, in a few words, give like one pearl advice, one pearl of wisdom for those new co-teaching teams out there that are thinking about um, working as a team or can, or even for districts that are considering. What is something that is a must-have? What is that pearl of wisdom that you would share with our listeners? Um, this is Mike. I'm just, we were obviously fortunate. I think both teams here, you know, you got brother and sister um, and two guys that have a lot of the same interests right off the bat, you know, who can talk football right away. But in a nutshell, I would just say, you know, build the relationship first. Um, you have to trust them. We've talked about it all day today, but build the relationship, get comfortable with that person. Then everything in the classroom, I feel like it is easy after that. But if you don't have that relationship, I, I it, it's going to be tough. There's no question. Thanks, Mike. This is Matt. I'd say one word is, you know, being flexible. Um, you know, I think Abby and I alluded to it earlier. We've been in different co-teach, co-taught settings. Uh, you're going to go in and depending on who you are, you know, you go in with eyes wide open. But don't be afraid to share your ideas. Right. And then work on building that relationship. But it's not going to look the same in everyone's classroom. That's just the reality of what it is. But I think longer you, the longer you are with someone, will allow it to kind of evolve into like a, like a, a, a perfect co-top classroom. Thank you, Matt. This is John. So I think communication. You know, don't don't hold something in. If some, if you have a thought or if you have a concern, I think earlier on in my career with co-teaching. There may have been a few instances where I was like, man, I'd really like for that to change. But I didn't say anything because I didn't feel comfortable. And if I could go back, I would have said something because we all know that communication in any walk of life is important. And just be proactive with that. that. That way things don't fester. Things don't turn into something that they shouldn't. So, you know, if you get that communication out there, chances are it's something very minor and it will be well received. But if you don't say anything, you hold that in, it's just going to get worse. Right. And, and my advice, I guess, might be a little more geared towards the intervention specialist. I think that, you know, typically we're the ones that know the accommodations and what needs to be done and, you know, get to know our students at a, you know, sometimes a more, at a deeper level. But um, if, you know, you, if you have to do what's best for kids and if you have to say to your co-teacher or your, you know, I mean, really it's your colleague, but you, sometimes you just need to speak up and say, this would be really helpful for this student. And, and there's probably other students that would benefit from that. So, 
you know, just keep in mind that you're advocating for the students and, you know, never lose sight of that. If, if I said this, I really, really think this kid needs this, let's try it out. I can't imagine that John would say, no, that's ridiculous or no, we're not going to do that. But um, you just have to keep in mind, like what your role is. And, and again, if, if you're the intervention specialist, you have a little more background in dealing with some of these things and behaviors and, and maybe um, some different emotional things they're going through. So just speaking up and sharing that, and that's going to help the students. And I think it's a big, it's a big part of that. Well, thank you, Abby. Thank you, John. Thank you, Matt. And thank you, Mike. We really appreciate you taking time from your day, especially right before the Thanksgiving holiday, <laughs> share your experiences with us and our listeners um, about co-teaching. Um, any information that we can get out there about the experience and the benefits for students when it, when it involves co-teaching, um, the better for us here. So um, with that, we want to thank you one more time and wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it for another episode of 8 with 8. We love the sibling dynamic between John and Abby. That is awesome. If you can teach with your older brother, you can co-teach with anyone. Thank you to both teams, Matt and Mike in math, whoa, that's a tongue twister, and John and Abby in science for sharing your journeys, strategies, and lessons learned. And of course, be sure to join us next week as we meet a team from Edina High School. One thing we're learning as we chronicle co-teaching across Region 8 is that every co-teaching context and pair is unique. And we can't wait to introduce you to another set of co-teaching all-stars for us to all learn from. We'll see you soon.